Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tovia Kopsty. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. I am Tuvia Kopstein, and in this episode, we have the true pleasure of sitting down with Yaakov Jack Berger. Who is Yaakov Berger? If you don't know, that's okay. Now you're finding out. Yaakov is not only the manager director of a major charity organization in Lakewood, New Jersey called Sephardic Bikur Cholim, but Yaakov is also a talented and hilarious voiceover artist and actor. And this conversation was had me rolling many, many times, as you'll hear my cackling. And Yaakov is a funny, funny man, and he lives a meaningful life of bringing light and joy to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and the potential is endless. So without further ado, actually further ado, I forgot to mention, the Podcast Fellowship is what powers our tribe, the podcast, and the Podcast Fellowship is an international Jewish outreach organization, which is helping young Jewish adults connect with local mentors, no matter where they are in the world, to learn and understand and dive deep into their heritage, to discuss it with those mentors, and to grow as Jews and as human beings. Check it out at www.podcastfellowship.org. Without further ado, for real, our tribe, the podcast with Yaakov Jack Berger. Okay, we are thrilled to be here today with Yaakov Jack Berger. How are you doing, Yaakov? Rev, tell you what an honor to be here and together with so many of your audience. Wow, a Zoom meeting. I haven't done Zoom since uh, COVID days or not. What's going on? Nice to finally meet you, Rev, tell you. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay, my pleasure. Yaakov, Yaakov, you have so you're a man of so many talents. You do so many things. Tell us first, what is it that you do professionally? How do you spend your days? I know there's many, many different aspects of what you're doing. Let, let's hear it all. Um, I educate my children. That's that's how I that's that's what my profession really is. But uh, on the side, <laughs> well, not quite. I've actually I've been. Oh well, no, I shouldn't say that. I do. I hope. I think I'm not going to ask my wife. She's not here. She doesn't hear this. But at any rate, I actually work for a charity organization. I've been involved with the charity organization for close to 20 years. With it's the called same. the. Yeah. It's called the the name of it is called the Sephardic food fund. Now, I am not of Sephardic heritage, but um, my learning partner, or as we say in Hebrew, my chavruta, or that's Aramaic, I, I, don't, I don't remember, but I digress. Um, so he, he founded this organization some 20 years ago. It's a very nice concept. The idea is that we provide members of the Syrian Jewish community, although, although I'm not Syrian myself, but uh, my learning partner, my study partner, that is, is of uh, Syrian Jewish heritage, and he founded this organization some 20 years ago, and uh, it's called Food Sephardic Food Fund. The motto is Food with Dignity. We provide families with credit cards. I'm going to pluck one out of my pocket just so I can show your audience. A regular credit card. It looks exactly like this. That uh, here, oh, can't see the numbers. I'm going to hide the numbers. I don't want anyone taking the numbers. That can only be used at food stores. A grocery, not when I say food stores, I mean like groceries, butchers, um, you know, fish stores, fish stores, supermarkets, and so on. Um, this allows them to 
purchase the necessary food items and whatnot in a very dignified manner. People that are struggling with their finances, you know, when if you can't put food on the table, that's as bad as it gets. So when we provide them with um, the means to purchase the necessary food items, that uh, gives them a tremendous amount of breathing space. So that's the long and short of it. And again, because it's a regular Visa card, no one knows that no one would know that they're actually receiving assistance. So it's a very honorable, very respectable way to go ahead and do shopping. So that's basically, I've been there for 20 years. So that's just in a nutshell, that's the organization I work for. I basically run the office over there. That's basically what I do in a nutshell. On my, my side profession, which is, you know, which I actually, I really love. I mean, I love doing charity work as well. Who doesn't love charity? I mean, we're, we're Jewish, right? The Jewish soul. What does the, what does the Talmud tell us? That the character traits of a Jew is, um, uh, how's it again? Uh, they're, we're Rachmanim, Baishanim, and Gomli Chasadim, which means we're compassionate people. We are humble people. Baishanim doesn't really mean humble, but it's good enough for, for the, for this conversation. And, um, Rachmanim, Baishanim, and Gomli Chasadim. And we, um, perform countless acts of, uh, you know, Chesed, of charity, of, uh, you know, kindness with one another. Um, and then obviously there's the voiceover and the acting gigs, which I'm involved with Baruch Hashem. Okay. So I want to get to all of this. Tell us, can you start from the beginning? How did you get to where you are today? Tell us the acting, you know, in both, in both the chesed work that you're doing, the work for the charity and in the, in terms of the acting. Oh. Uh, I, I did follow, but again, for, for the audience, I did follow up to these instructions. I actually did the do not disturb. So for some reason that happened, I don't know what happened over there, so I do apologize. But, so you want to go back to... Let's go way, way so back. In the beginning, God created... Yes. So where did it all start? Wow, that's a very broad question. So it started like this. There's an organization, beautiful organization, based out of Muncie, New York, known as the Chafetz Chaim Heritage Foundation. Um, incidentally, what they do is, boy, there's so many beautiful organizations. We can just talk about them, but, but that's not the point of our conversation right now. But it's, it's so funny. I actually have a book of the Chabetz Chaim sitting right over here. Who is the Chabetz Chaim? The Chabetz Chaim taught us what it means, how to use our lips, our, our, our words properly, how to, you know, proper speech. But at any rate, so this organization, Chabetz Chaim Heritage Foundation, that's what their goal is. Their goal is to, teach um you know the masses about the importance of watching what you say how you say and so on and so forth but anyway to make a long story short so they have what's called the chazak hotline chazak hotline is they have like these five minute clips from various rabbis and rebbitsons um and uh, who share various words of torah pearls of wisdom and so on and every day you can get, listen to a, you know, not every day, but you call and they have these five minute clips, but each clip has an intro and an outro. Like it would start off with. So the following clip is in the following clip, you will listen to a, a drusha, a speech, a lecture or part of a lecture given by a rabbi or rabbits and so on and so forth. So they actually hired me. This goes back some 20 years. They hired me to do the intros and the outros, which again, is just introducing that particular clip, giving a very brief synopsis of what the previous clip was about, and then ended off and so on. And I saw, that's where it began. So I saw that, that uh, by the way, um, but how, how did they reach out? How did they find me? Is Question. because I actually used to do outreach work. 
I did outreach work for Lakewood Links Project Yesher. And one day, the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation, they called up the office and asked if any of the people that work at Lakewood Links Project Yesher, the aforementioned uh, outreach organization, anyone they would recommend that would be willing to do these voiceovers. So we didn't call voiceovers at the time, just, you know. So thankfully, there was uh, one of the women, one of the secretaries, she uh, threw out my name. Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation reached out to me. And basically, the rest is history, which is amazing. I mean, there I was, this goes back 20 years, I would record these intro, intros and outros on this tiny little recording device and send it into them. Uh, but I saw that I had it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. At the time, you're in your young 20s, I imagine. <laughs> I'm not we don't want to date you. I go for it. Let's say I was born in the early 1900s. <laughs> um, this goes back to, what year was this? Uh this goes back to I forgot already which year was the nineteen nineteen nineties maybe mid nineteen yeah it has to be the mid nineteen nineties. Okay, so we're talking more like thirty years ago. But no, no, it wasn't right. I, I, I was never good at math. We're, we're, we're we just it's to twenty twenty three now, right? Yeah. So if we want to go back to ninety, yeah, I would say no, no, no. Ago. So it was the beginning. It was two thousand and two. Let's say around there, two thousand and three. Uh-huh. I think that's when it was right. Okay. Um. So, you know, I saw that I had a knack for doing voiceovers. So I actually went to take lessons for radio and commercial hmm. in Manhattan, the Mar- uh, Mar- Marla Kerbin Studios. That's the name of her studios. And I, and I took a few, you know, and, and, um, I took, you know, they have different packages. The voiceover teachers have various packages and you go there for, for the, for the interview, you know, there's a, there's a free, what's it called again? The first time you meet them is so my English is terrible. What's the, first, it's also a slate. It's Wednesday night. Exploratory meeting. I don't know what they call it. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. You know, so, it, so, you know, they, 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 they have you stand up at the mic and they give you real scripts that have actually been used in commercials and they hear you out. They want to see if you have what it takes to be a voiceover. And, um, they saw that uh, it's worth working with me, Baruch Hashem. Thank God. And then I took like about maybe eight to 12 lessons. And that was really it. Now, I will tell you, in the voiceover industry, there's always room for growth, always room for learning, and so on. Um, you know, once you then, you know, once you get into it, you know, I'm at a, I'm at a point now. I know I'm jumping ahead, and um, you know, I'm sure the other things you want to ask me, but there comes a point where, thank you know, thankfully, when someone hands me a script, there are times where where I will actually pull up to the studio to do a recording, and they'll hand me the paper, and I'll just go like dive right into it because Baruch Hashem, you. You know, every script has its own feel, its own, its own, you know, its own, it's it's, right. It's own design. It's designed for whatever that client needs, obviously. But Barksham having done this for so many years, so I could really just see the script and get the feel what they want and dive right into it. Um, right. That's long and short. short Well, well, Yakov, I got to ask you for a minute. Can you turn the level down a little bit? I think the, on the phone, it's, it's corrupting a little bit. How about this? Is that better? We can, we can try it. <laughs> I can okay. hear you loud and clear. I, just don't, I don't want it to start to distort. Well, let's do, let's do a Verizon. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? The good old Verizon is. How, how are we doing? So good. I, think, I, I think so. Move back. This is good. I think so. Yeah. What? You, ha- you have the well, mic my on profile your... is, what, Once we're doing that, we're good? Okay. We're going to edit this out. Don't worry. You you wanna s- mic- do you want to see more of Svarum also? So to so. <laughs> I like to show off my. By the way, I, I just let your audience knows. I, I have no idea. I have like thousands of thousands of books here. I have no idea what's in them. 
it's more for show and tell. I think either you know, either you know them, or at the very least, get them all so they think you know them. But you know, but Baruch Hashem. Anyway, go ahead, Tzvi. Either way, it looks impressive. So yes, Yaakov, right. yes. when you were before before this time, when you were doing started to do the voiceovers, were you right. did you have any experience in drama or being on stage? No, not at all. I, it, it's it's very interesting. I mean, I you know I've been in camps, you know, sleepaway camps growing up. But I just never had that, uh, never had that opportunity. It was, uh, interesting. You know, it's funny you say that about drama. And it, it really, I don't know if your typical voiceover necessarily had to have been or had to have gone or had, you know, or was in plays, movies, films, you know, dra- went to drama school. That's really part of the, the voiceover lessons of that which we are taught is, is to teach you how to read the script, meaning, some will be more serious, like you know, there's the typical. There's a, the, the the movie trailer type in a world that's like more dramatic, and then you have more you know exciting, and then there's more you know basically. In other words, they, they teach you the various types of emotions that go. It's necessary to to bring out in a particular script. You know, like uh, you know, I, I always give this example. And we're going to take you right back to this podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor, an old friend of mine, Rabbi Josh Livingston. How are you, Rabbi Josh? I'm doing amazing. Uh, a I'm lot better so than your amazing. video. <laughs> yeah, a lot oh, better this, than your video. I'm doing great. This video is freaky, and I'm going to turn it off. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. No Rabbi Josh, tell us about what you do and what service you're providing to the world. Sure. So, um um I do uh, what's called husband coaching. It's like generally a subset of... Uh, life coaching. I try to work with husbands um, to help them obviously improve their marriage in general, but try to work with husbands specifically to um, kind of develop the skills and strategies that they need in order to relate to their wives better in order to feel like, you know, they themselves are being the best version of what they can be um, and try to set the energy as positively as possible in their marriage. And we try to go through some common, uh, common mistakes, common misconceptions that husbands have and uh, try to work through them in order to really kind of up their up their marriage to the place that it really can be. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of a common problem that you have to work through with a husband who would turn to you for help with elevating their their marriage in their home? Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. You know, there's 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 a lot, but there's certain like standard go to. Oh, welcome back. There's Thank certain you. standard. You look great. There's certain standard go to problems. When I, you know, the one that comes up probably the most common is when. You know, a wife will come home and she'll be upset and the very well-meaning, kind, caring husband will be like, oh, I can help. And she'll say, I'm really upset about A, B, C. And you'll be like, oh, I know A, B, C. We'll do this and we'll do that. And we'll do this. And why don't we do this? And she'll get more and more angry and he'll be more and more confused. And then she'll be really upset and he'll be like, I understand what went wrong. Right. That, you know, that's the, that's the common fallacy. It is going to sound nuts, but a husband thinks when his wife has a problem, he's supposed to fix it. And he tries to do that, right? Mm-hmm. As logical as that sounds, it's completely wrong, right? So, you know, I work together with husbands about what you should actually do in those situations um, to try and, you know, help the situation without making it worse. That's a, that's a common one, but there's tons. Wow. Okay. It sounds like you are speaking from a lot of experience. Yes. And, and Rabbi Josh, how would somebody contact you if they're interested in elevating their marriage and really taking it to the next level? Sure. Uh, first of all, people can email me, no problem. Um, and you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, just DM me if you want to talk. 
Um, you can also, you know, there's a, we have a WhatsApp group you can join. That'd be great. Um, try to put out daily videos um, on lots of different topics, but try to put out a daily video that focuses, focuses on a specific tool or technique that you can use in your marriage. Um, and you can reach out to me there. Great. Amazing. Rabbi Josh, you should have a lot of success. Amazing. Helping, Thank you so much. Helping, you too. Yeah. Helping elevate these marriages and, and appreciate your time. Appreciate your sponsorship. Our and pleasure. Now, Thank you so much. And Josh, I want you to enjoy this episode as well with Rakul, Yaakov Berger. Let's Love go it. back to that episode. What they basically teach you is to compartmentalize, which means compartmentalize, which means that you can have one, let's say you have uh, one, um, give me one second. Again, can you hear me? You hear me? Yeah. We're good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. So basically the way it works is that, that because you can have, let's say one sentence and a read and it will switch off from, Going from, wow, my wife's cooking is delicious, but her tuna fish, oh my goodness. You know, what I'm trying to bring, trying to bring is that you, you have to, you know, when we, we're having a natural conversation right now. So in the course of the conversation, it could go anywhere from like, are you kidding me? No, really? He, he said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No, no, sorry. I can't believe. So what I'm just doing right now is that's in a typical conversation. That's what happens. But when, when you're, when you're in that, in the studio booth and you have the piece of paper, you have the script with you. So, you know, you don't, you don't have that audience to bounce off of, so to speak. So you have to train yourself like as though there's that audience that's however many people listening, 10, a hundred thousands of people, if not millions. I haven't got there just yet one day. And, and that's how, you know, they train you to, it, it's, it sounds more difficult than it is, but it really isn't because again, you know, typical, most of us are conversationalists, you know, I mean, we have friends, we have family, we talk to people, or we even have, I guess, pets, which we, okay, the truth is maybe there, it's more of a one-way conversation. I don't know. But the point I'm trying to bring out is that it's a natural way of conversing and you're trying to relay that message. You're going to bring out all that emotion when you want to sell that product. You know, and it, you know, just as like, you know what I mean? So even if we it, literally, there are times where I will just like do that just for shtick, like as though I'm having a fake conversation with somebody and like, who are you talking with? And I'm like, nobody, just myself, you know, but, um, you know, that's that. <laughs> it makes for interesting conversations with you, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Especially, especially when, when, you know, especially for that's... a lot. Especially for what? Especially as for someone like myself, who likes talking to himself a lot, you know. There so, you so Yaakov, are they calling you after you took this training course in Manhattan? Did, are, did they start calling you for commercial gigs of all types? Are you selling so razor this, blades and you're selling pet food and what are you doing? Uh, so this is it. So again, so the way it works is that after you go for your very for the, let's say went for eight lessons, eight to twelve lessons, depending on how many. I think I only needed about eight. You have to create your demo. The demo is the most important thing for anyone in the voiceover industry. Obviously, um, the demo back then was on a CD. I'm sure everybody remembers what a CD is. Those you know round, you know, not it's not a floppy disk. We have uh, a few of them. Yeah. So, somebody tells you the members of the owners don't even know what a floppy disk is, but you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, first, you know, you put anything, everything on a CD, but then as time progressed and everything is, is web-based, internet-based and everything is, we're able to just, we, we have our own website. I don't have my own website, but 
But um, so you can always add as the year, you know, you, you, things change with the time. So you're always adding the various uh, commercial work or audio reads, what whatever it is, to the to to the demo. But again, the demo is the most important thing that you can have. My original demo was two minutes and twenty one seconds, and it was and and it was like eight different styles it was everything from it's raining on monday it's snowing on tuesday we gotta get away this and this vacations yeehaw and then it was like it was more like um the bmw 5 series the ultimate driving machine you know so again there are different it's interesting you know as i'm talking to you one of the things that they teach you about it and it's so funny how you can actually pick this up they teach you during voiceover lesson training is that you have to always smile i mean i guess there's certain times if if you're doing the, you know, the, my name is Optimus Prime. I don't know if he ever smiled. So I don't know. But but the point is that that you can <laughs> actually hear the difference. Like right now, for example, I'm not smiling. You can actually, if you were to close your eyes and listen to me speak right now, you could actually hear the difference between me going with a, talking with a smile and then dropping you down like this. You can actually hear that difference. And audience... You know, whether subliminally or not, they actually pick up in that. You know, you're trying to sell a product. You want to make sure that you got that smile in there, you know? Um, right. You mentioned a demo, but my question was, I, I, I get, yeah. I get the process. The question right. was now, are, how are you getting the demo out to clients? Oh, right. What kind of clients are you going for? So because, so this is the way it's been for me right now. So the demo basically is you just, Open up your yellow pages, white pages, whatever color pages they are today, and you send them out to people that are in the video industry. And that video, and, and, you know, so I had one, you know, sent them out to a few people and uh, one person here in Lakewood, New Jersey picked it up. And, um, and, and this is an interesting story. And I'll, I'll tell you, you and your audience in a moment why it's so interesting. And uh, this fellow is named Chaim Rosen of Chaim, the Chaim Studios. He picked it up and I started, he hired me to do my first recordings. One of them being for the first, the first real, um, voiceover read that it did was for the Bone Olam organization. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to that in a second though. At their beginnings, I imagine if this is at the beginning. Yeah. So it, now the, be, because I do, because I do work full time for this charity organization. Mm-hmm. So for now, basically my jobs have really been limited to the broader Jewish audience, if you will, because Baruch Hashem, thank God, I am busy full time with this organization that I work for. But, you know, and, and this is classically the God forbid, not, not to toot my horn, Baruch Hashem, because I've been doing this for so many years. So the from world, most of the people, the big names in the video industry and in the production industry mm-hmm. in the, in the Orthodox world, certainly they know who I am. Um, you know, you're talking about people that put out big productions for, you know, major productions for, for schools and for, for synagogues and, and whatever other type of production advertisements and, and so on. Fundraising campaigns. Fundraising campaigns, a lot of fundraising okay. campaigns for sure. Okay. And so that's, okay. I see the process. Now, before you were involved in the Chesed organization, were you aiming for commercial clients in the broader world, or was there never a time when when that was a real goal for you? I had this. This is one of those things where, you know, you get to see God in your life. <laughs> like I look back, so like 
how did that happen? Like, I, 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 this is, this is basically my life story in terms of yeshiva learning in school. You know, as you could tell, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I am an Orthodox Jew and I went through the typical school system. I went through a yeshiva called Tferas Melech in Brooklyn. I did not, then I went to a yeshiva in Riverdale, New York, which is in the Bronx. And then I went straight to Lakewood, New Jersey, which is home to the largest Orthodox rabbinical seminary in the United States of America. And we, we have something which is very unique. You know, I'm not sure if your audience knows this or not, but there's something very unique about, about what, something called kolel, as we know. What is kolel? Kolel is basically where even after, you know, we're married, we still dedicate our days not so much looking for a job as much as spending more time studying the Torah, whether it's the Talmud, whether it's the Torah and so on. And at that point in my life, my focus wasn't so much me, my wife, uh, she had a degree. In, and by the way, this is a lifestyle that between husband and wife, they choose this together because they know that if you're going in, for, I'm not necessarily saying you're in it for the long haul. People could be in this, in after marriage, could be studying the husband's, you know, studying for two years, five years, 10 years, maybe even longer. If the idea is that they're, they're, you know, the fa- they're basing their marriage on a very strong foundation of Torah values and the continuation and the perpetuation of the Torah that was given to us thousands of years ago at Sinai. And they want to start their marriage on such a solid footing. It's this concept called Kolo. So at that time, you know, my wife, Baruch Hashem, she had a degree. And, and again, going to the marriage, she knew she wanted to support someone that was going to, you know, continue carrying that torch and learn Torah and the Talmud and so on. So she had a degree. She has a master's in special ed. She's actually here in Lake, which is very sought after in uh, that particular field in the, in the special ed industry. But again, at that time, it was about, we're going to take one day at a time. And you're going to stay in the, in the, in the hallowed halls of the Bet Midrash, of the study halls, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll take it as it comes. Now, we did not have children right away. And this is where I want to get back to the Bodei Olam and how it ties into the voiceover thing, which is quite amazing. And we call it hash, Hashkacha Pratit, which means I really saw the divine intervention and in how this is all going. Like I said, I, I had nothing in mind at that point when I started, when I was married for a few years, I didn't know what it was, what, what my future would hold. But I did, uh, but like I mentioned earlier, Lakewood has this outreach organization called Lakewood Links slash Project Gesher. So I began to work for Lakewood Links Project Gesher. And as I mentioned earlier, that's when the Chavetz Chaim Heritage Foundation, they called up and asked, so you see where this is going. They asked one of the secretaries if you had anyone that would be interested in doing voiceovers. And they said, hey, yeah, the, and she volunteered my name, thankfully. And that here we are 20 years later and have been very much involved in the voiceover industry. But I want to get back to what I was saying earlier also about how the ties into Boney Olam and the fact that it did not have children right away. Now, again, for your audience, what is Boney Olam? Another amazing charity organization. Now, I know our, we're not, we're not here today to sell various organizations, but it just happens to be part of my story, part of my voiceover journey. The audience should know that, uh, Yaakov Berger's WhatsApp status is chock full of fun of fundraising initiatives for this organization that organization he does not discriminate any great organization if they need something there was yeshiva he was just saying yeshiva in israel needed a music room for the for the boys to relax and there's this this orphan and this is just 
Jakob is amazing that he's always, oh, I appreciate ra- he's you're always make, raising money making, for something. You're making me blush. You're making me blush. <laughs> That's a, this is, this is what we're all about. This is what we're all about. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, Torah, Avoda, Gemilas Chesed, Chasadim. Torah, we know Torah is, Avoda means the service, which means really prayer. That's what Avoda is. That's the reference of Avoda means prayer. And Gemilas Chesed meaning uh, carrying out acts of compassion. With, with, and that's who we really are, the essence of the Jew. Abraham, the matriarch of the Jewish people, patriarch. that is what he excelled in. Matriarch. Ah, patriarch. Whoops. Here we go. See, I knew this is why I'm not supposed to go off script. Uh, guys and gals, don't get me wrong. I know my matriarch was uh, Sarah, Rebecca, uh, Rachel, and Leah. I got it. I got my matriarchs and patriarchs. I got them lined up properly. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, I got it. All right. So the first patriarch, Abraham, that was what he excelled in, was the, was the Midah, like you look in the Torah portion, Vayera, fourth Torah portion in, 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 in Bereshit, in Exodus, right? We Come see, on. we read about the, I got the good, I did, I did Exodus! <laughs> I did it again! That's number two. I was just testing you guys. We just started Exodus this week. That's why I'm I, testing you guys. I don't believe Bereshit, that was, do I don't Bereshit, believe that was an accident. I don't believe in that. The, in the beginning, Bereshit means, well, how, a, 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 I don't know how many, how many people know how to pray, what Ecclesiastes is? Ah, take that to the bank. Ecclesiastes. Vayakil. Not Vayakil. <laughs> Kahelis. You know, Kahelis, Vayakil, Vishalach, Shlach, Vayishlach, all the same thing. But at any rate, um, so I, I, in terms of this, so this organization, Bone Olam, mm-hmm. they help couples that are experiencing infertility by providing them with the necessary means in order to pay for, not, yeah, to pay for treatments. Um, having experience in fertility, and, and I just want to say uh, a big shout out to God for giving us six beautiful children. And, and one of them who thankfully just got engaged and found her soulmate two weeks ago. Yes, uh, checks can be written out to, okay, we'll, we'll discuss it at the end of the show. Um, but Baruch Hashem, our. Thank you, Rabbi. Um, so they, they, um, yeah. So they, they, uh, infertility treatments can range anywhere from ten thousand dollars, if not less, to a hundred and ten thousand dollars. But again, we're now getting into, but that's what Boney Olam does. So, like, like I had mentioned earlier, my first voiceover gig was for like this first major Boney Olam. But by the way, Boney Olam means building worlds. That's what I mean, Boney Olam. It was for they, they Borei Olam, they began their organization in Borough Park in Brooklyn. Then the sister chapter opened up in Lakewood some 20, 21 years ago. <laughs> it's funny, you can't even call it a sister chapter because there's so many young couples that live here in the Lakewood community that they had to open up their own offices over here in Lakewood to help out those couples that are seeking assistance, financial assistance for, you know, to help them through the infertility process. But um, it was just amazing that I, my first major voiceover gig was for this Bonet Olam organization, and an organization which, thankfully, we didn't have to rely upon mm-hmm. because we had, we had family and friends that helped us. But, but the point is that what an amazing way to break into the voiceover industry by helping out this organization, narrating uh, for the fundraising videos 20, 20 years ago um, or video that is for their first major event. So it was like putting everything together. It was quite amazing to see the divine intervention, the Hashkacha Pratit, 
how Hashem literally made everything work. And, you know, here we are today. Are you on a yearly basis doing videos for Bone Olam? So, you know, they do, it's whatever. The, so after the, you know, 20 years ago, I, I not only did I narrate videos for them, I acted in a few videos for them. And it all depends. Typically speaking, on a regular basis, I still do. Um, you know, it's, it's, Bone Olam is branched out. In, in, for example, just this past weekend, they had an amazing, uh, they had a, a, a Shabbaton. They had a weekend for, for single, for single, geared for single women that it's sad and it's, you know, to bring up this point, but it's very interesting. Sometimes there are people really know at a young age that they're experiencing infertility hmm. and that, and, and they had like close to 700 people that were 700, not women, 700 girls of marriageable age that was at this event. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to bring out is that like they branched out to so many different areas. So it's not just a matter of doing an narration, you know, Bone Olam needs to today. You know, I remember one of the, one of the taglines was Bone Olam, Bone Olam, hope today, a child tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That was one of their taglines, you know, a few years ago. But it's branched out into so many different areas and they do so, there's so many elements to what they do that there's always, you know, work for me there. But, um, you know, again, that's one of the many organizations that I've been worked for. Tell us, how did the voiceover get into actual live video acting? Wow, that is, so this is a, this is a it's, it's a great question. And I don't want to bore you, your audience with the details, but I think that it's so imperative to hear what I'm about to say. And it's not just about voiceovers, but it's about, again, this goes back to who we are as a people and the chesed that is in that is ingrained within each and every one of us, the DNA that we possess. And this is amazing how this happened. Now, you asked me earlier whether I was ever involved in drama or so on. People think because they've seen me on... And by the way, what Tuvi's alluding to is that I, I have been in a few, um, how should we call it, from, they are really, you know, from Orthodox videos. As members of your audience may or may not know, many of us in the Orthodox world, we don't really have access. We don't go to movie theaters. We don't have access to everything that the, the broader world has access to. Um, but we do, right. But, but we do live in that world. And, you know, over the past many years, there are, you can go to your typical Judaica store and you will find many, many Jewish videos, acting, plays, and so on, because, you know, it, geared towards the sensitivities of our communities. So at any rate, over the past few years, I've been involved with acting in a few of these videos that are geared towards teenagers, you know, action-adventure type of flicks and one is called the skull, but genius, the other desperate measures, but I don't want to bore you with the details. But to get back to that question, how in the world did I get into acting? Which is, which is amazing that I've only been doing the acting for about three, three and a half, four years. By the way, which the acting, and again, I'm going to get to the story in a second, but the acting is great because it helped me for doing advertisements and other stuff. Um, so listen, listen to this amazing story. And it's, again, I see the the hand of God, how how this worked out, only he could have devised such a plan, you know. I don't mean to sound too preachy or anything, but, you know, it's such a great, you know, i got to wave my fingers. It's like, makes me, woo amen. Woo. <clears throat> um, about 15 years ago, 10, let's say t- uh, 10, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, I think it happened yesterday, in fact. <laughs> now, about 10 years ago, 
Too much. I got a phone call from a fellow named, and I, I have to use first names so you can hear the timeline, how, how everything worked out. It was a Friday afternoon, and I was ready for Shabbat. I was packing up for the day. That said, I was ready for Shabbat. And I got a phone call from a fellow named Baruch Goldberger, who actually works today for the aforementioned Bone Olam organization. That itself is interesting. Baruch Goldberger calls me up, all frantic. Hi, Yaakov. Uh, yes, Shalom Aleichem. How can I help you? Uh, my name is Baruch Goldberger. Um, you have to help me. Uh, I'm looking at my watch. It's like Erev Shabbat a few hours away. I want to get home. Tomorrow night, Mosei Shabbat, which is, again, right after Shabbos is over, My the yeshiva that I studied in in Israel, they're having this major program for all the alumni. The guy running the program backed out. And we're having a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation. And, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I, I just don't know what to do. And we need a voiceover. I heard you do voiceovers. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, I was quiet for a moment. And I, you know, this is the, this fellow Jew. He needs a hand. What am I going to say? I'm sorry. I got, I, I, the, the, the work week is over. So I took a deep breath. I said, Baruch, hang in there. We'll get through this. Don't worry about it. You have a script for me. No, I only have the slides from the PowerPoint presentation. No problem. Let's make it work. So it worked out. You know, Baruch Hashem, we did the voiceover. It worked out and so on and so forth. Fast forward at that point, two years late. Well, now this Baruch Goldberger is heavily involved in doing productions, not just for Bonet Olam, but for many organizations as well. Because he saw that he had a knack for doing something like this. Even though at the time he was just like this yeshiva guy just had no idea what was where, where, he, was, where he was heading in, to in life. But he saw that he had an act for it, and he's very involved with that. So, so going back, let's go back to that. You know, going back to the after the initial conversation I had with him. So, fast forward then, like the two thousand and uh, I don't know, maybe two thousand and nineteen. It was. He calls me up and says, "Baruch, I have a job for you." Another, I have a, he says, "Yaakov, I have a voiceover job for you." So it was a it was a job for. Rabbi Shlomo Kanievsky's yeshiva. Okay. Rabbi Shlomo Kanievsky is the son of the great Rabbi Chaim Kanievsky, who was uh, arguably the most, the, 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 the holiest rabbinic leader that we've had in the past however many decades, who passed away uh, 10 months ago, right? His yard site, his first yard site is coming up. At any rate, his son, Rabbi Shlomo Kanievsky, came to America to raise funds, and I was hired to do the voiceover for his for this fundraising initiative to help Rabbi Shlomo Kanievsky. Fine. So basically, so what Baruch Goldberger, he not it wasn't Baruch himself, the videographer is a fellow named Moshe Schindler, who has a big organization called Mint Media based out of Lake, where they do a lot, a lot of work for major organizations. So he took a clip, a 15-second video clip of me standing in the studio. Literally just by, you know, at the microphone saying, Rev. Shlomo Kanievsky came in from Israel and his yeshiva, Teferet Sion, is in a real dire situation. Again, I forgot the script, but something like that. And he really needs your help. Please open up your hearts and, of course, your wallets. But I didn't say that. I'm saying that. To help this amazing individual and his, and his yeshiva. It was, you know, it, it was, it was, it was about a, a three, it was a five minute read, but Moshe Schindler, Moshe Schindler, he took this 15-second clip and posted it on his status. Fine. A few weeks later, 
I get a phone call from a dear friend of mine named Baruch Perlowitz. Baruch Perlowitz is the director of the aforementioned films that I have been acting in the past few years. Baruch tells me, hey, Yaakov, Moshe Schindler, he just posted that 15-second clip of you, you know, fundraising for that rabbi. Would you consider acting? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. And it, it's the fun. It, that was that was the conversation. You know, mm-hmm. I spoke to my rabbi about it, what it would entail, and so on. And here I am, a few years later, and the films that we produced are very, very well known in the in in the Orthodox world. I mean, that's what primarily that's where they're sold in the Judaica stores and so on. And it's just wild. But the point I want to bring out there, there are so many elements to the story, which is fascinating. I decided to stay that Friday afternoon and not go home and help this other fellow out. As a result, a few years later, because he saw that he has a knack to do productions and help out organizations, and he got involved with that. He hires me for this rabbi to do this voiceover job. This other guy, Barth Perlowitz, picks up on that 15-second clip, and he hires me to do the acting. And the whole thing is just so fascinating how it evolved from that to that. And it, it, it's, it's like, I look back at that story. To me, that was a seminal moment in not just my life, but even, yeah, I mean, it's just a seminal moment in, in, in the way you see things, how things run in this world, or not in the world, the way Hashem runs things. Does the, it's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now, does the acting and the voiceover take away from your main gig? Do you have to, do you find time? How do you find time to do them both? So that's, that's a good question. So it so happens to be that because I've been at this organization for many years, so I have that flexibility. Uh-huh. That's like in a nutshell, literally. I mean, for example, because, you know, once you have things set in place and I've been there for so many years, so basically the organization is run in such a way that it's like, I, I know I, I get in the computer. I know what has to be done. I know family calls me. I know what they need. You know, if a, the, a guy that wants to, a fellow wants to make a donation, I know who, what, how to look it up. So I get things done very quickly. I can have I have clients that call me all the time in the middle. It could be ten o'clock and eleven o'clock in the morning, and they say, "Hey, we need a voiceover like yesterday," which is basically like said says say all the clients always. Like I needed it asap yesterday, so I have the luxury to be able to just. You know, literally plug in my mic. I don't have a major professional studio at, at my office, but I have, you know, the program. I have a mic. I have the, you know, the, the, the filters. I have everything they need to place. And I can belt out a half a minute to a minute clip within just a few minutes and get it out to them. The acting as well, it's not, it's the same idea in the sense that because I work in there for so many years, you know, they, they, I have that flexibility that I have to take a few days off to do these acting gigs. So they allow me to do it. Sometimes you shoot, also sometimes we shoot at night. So I could, so I, you know, I have the, you know, it's, it makes it easier when, when we do that. But uh, thankfully I have that, you know, I have that, I have that covered. Now, I'm sure you have to deal with this all the time. Every freelancer has to figure out his pricing, his or her pricing. Uh, right? uh, and you're doing all kinds of freelance work for charity organizations. <laughs> so yes. how do you balance? I'm sure they always want a discount. You know, come on, we're trying to raise money here. We're doing such good work. Like, right. And if it's too sensitive to answer, then I understand. But No, uh, not at all. So the first answer is that I'm also trying to raise money to support my family. You know, that's, that's the first answer. That's what you no, tell but, them. Uh, it's, so it's very interesting. So let's go to, you know, WhatsApp is interesting. So I don't know if your audience knows this, but WhatsApp is like, it's like, it's like the Orthodox world's Instagram. <laughs> that's really what WhatsApp really is. 
And I, I have met so many people on WhatsApp and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, as you know, for me, was an amazing networking platform. I have met so many people, and most of the gigs that I've landed in the past year, we, 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 we met on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. yeah. I saw I a ridiculous a video. Of of, yeah, I, I saw one of your ridiculous videos of your character acting, and uh, right, yeah, <laughs> and it's it, and it's it's great also because <laughs> it really is a very. It, it happens to me that it's a very. You know, obviously, LinkedIn. You know, incidentally, we know that it's people post various stuff today on LinkedIn. It's not just limited to like you know networking and stuff like that. Which I tell you the truth, I'm fine. You know, when I first went onto LinkedIn, one of the first videos I made. I wanted to sort of remove the stiffness from it. It's not like, you know, hi, my name is Jack. Um, uh, I'm looking for a job uh, here to help me out. You know, you don't want it to be like too, you know, stick in the mud type of a thing. And today, LinkedIn, everybody's posting, you know, political stuff and humor and this thing. I tried to showcase. So one of the first videos I made, I was showcasing my voiceover stuff. And the first video I actually posted on LinkedIn was, was from my bedroom closet where I was trying to showcase where what happens if a voiceover finds himself in a pickle that is not in the studio, but the client calls and he needs something like now, like I said, like, like yesterday. So I went into my closet and I closed my small little be- our bedroom closet, you know, bedecked with my clothing, my wife's clothing. And, you know, I pointed out like I had a, like a, a colored Terry robe and, and, and like a female Terry robe and, and a male Terry robe. And it was like pointing out like if I want to do voiceovers with a more of a, feminine type of a voice i'll use my wife's robe and i'll put that around you know and I'll, to use that to muffle out the sound but if i want something more masculine i'm gonna go with the you know the man that's that was really the first voice or video i posted on on linkedin and i wanted to be able to broadcast to showcase my talent but in a fun way and then obviously as time progressed i would time progressed i would put on some other stuff, some cute articles or, or you know, cartoons that I saw, not nothing voiceover related. But all in all, I primarily post stuff that, as they pertain to my voiceover talent, because that's what you know LinkedIn is all about. So I don't want to do, but but I digress. Um, um, right, the pricing. So you know, everybody has, and I don't want to give particular numbers because not. everybody really has different ways of doing this. I've done my research. People charge by the word, people charge by the paragraph, people charge by the page, people charge by the final editing. For example, I, the way I work, not, not, I didn't mean this like I as in I, but <laughs> me, I, I, in a more humble way, um, I charge based on like half a minute increments. For example, most, because, because most of my clients and most people, even in the, even in the, in, in, in the world at large, you know, the advertisements don't go for should not go for longer than a minute, a half a minute or a minute. Look, Super Bowl is coming up in uh, in a few weeks. I don't follow football, but I just know we're at, we're around that time. A half a minute costs like I don't know a million dollars. A minute, a billion dollars. You know, whatever it is, you know the way it works. So that's the way I work in those increments. I do the half a minute. I do to the minute increments. That's how I do my billing. It's actually very interesting. I. I I'm very, very not business oriented. I, I'm sort of like, I try to, like I tell my clients, I'm sort of like, I have the, like this, this, this God business method in which if, if I am undercharged, meaning, or if I was undercharged Underpaid. and I didn't get really what my value is, oh. yeah, yeah, then, then I'll say, you know what? Hashem will send me another job and I'll, 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 I'll get the money that I deserve. And it's very interesting because you, I've actually seen that. I mean, I have a client 
I have a client who gives me a difficult time with, with the pricing. But like out of the blue, two weeks ago, she says, you know what? You do this, uh, here, this minute and a half, uh, you know, voiceover read like the $300 or something like that, which was like very, very, um, very atypical for that particular client to not just ask me like, okay, what do you think you'll charge for this? But she actually gave me the pressure. Here's $300. He would take care of this within the next whatever. So, you know, um, but that's, that's again, it, it, it varies. It varies by, by, yeah, so there's also this, there's you, it, the question, it's like, it's in, in all areas of, of, of work. Uh, are you, are you part of a union, a voiceover union? Are you a freelancer? And, you know, you could charge the way you want. You know, there are some companies, you know, I don't want to, I don't mean to be demeaning over here, but and I don't want to name any companies, but you have certain companies that they provide you, they have a platform and you have like thousands of voiceovers there. But their prices are very, very low, and you can have professional voiceovers on there. To a certain degree, it undercuts the market because you no, know, they, the, the, you know, you have a professional guy that does voiceover that does voiceovers, and he has like I don't know ten a day, so he he's okay charging twenty five dollars a shot, but that's a very, very low ball price. But it takes away from the quote unquote expertise of it. I mean, a typical job, especially if you're helping. Can you imagine you're helping a fundraiser raise five hundred thousand dollars, and 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 your voiceover makes a very big impact, and they only want to charge you seventy five to a hundred dollars of the job? It's like you know, hey, dude, like we're helping you raise five hundred thousand dollars, you know. So again, so again, so in a nutshell, it really varies on the individual, or if you're part of a union, or you know, in my see, in my particular field, what's unique about it is that because of I'm one of the only, and again, this is all, I never say this without saying thank you, Hashem, because this is not to toot my horn. Hashem gave me a talent, and I am forever grateful, and Baruch Hashem, I've been able to put it to good use. Um, there aren't that many from voiceovers, religious voiceovers in the industry, because you have to remember that to pronounce the word Chayim is, can be very difficult for those that are in the non-Jewish world. So if you could pick up the phone and say, Yaakov, I need a voiceover, you know, Chaim uh, from Chelm, you know, needs whatever it is, and they know they don't have, you know. It's also, by the way, it's also about customer service. I, It's very important turnaround time. I can literally have a voiceover to clients within, within, within half an hour, if not less. And that makes a very, very big difference in the industry. You know, you have a client that you have the guy doing the video, you have the guy doing the voiceover, you have a guy writing the script, and then there's a lot of other elements behind it. So when they have one less thing to worry about, and it gets done very quickly, that makes a big difference in the pricing as well. Got it. Is there, now, Jakob, since you're, you're mostly hired by organizations or businesses to promote their products, is there any, any project right. that you would like to see? You have like your own place where you want to take the acting place you want to take the voiceover something that that's personal to you a, a career goal with this you know it's interesting i don't know if but not necessarily voiceovers you're, you're you're talking about let's say even acting not just not necessarily voiceovers acting is probably more flexible than the voiceovers yeah in this. so it tell you the truth so the friend i mentioned earlier baruch perlowitz who is the producer of the films that 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 we're that you know we've we've collaborated on the past years he he has a dream really to broaden this idea of having i don't know if i would call it like a, a an orthodox television network or maybe 
For example, you know there's an organization in Israel called Hidabrut. Hidabrut is an organization in Israel that's a religious television station. And they hear lectures and other stuff and kosher entertainment and so on and so forth. In the United States of America, we don't really have, for the English-speaking audience, we don't really have a platform of kosher. I'm not even without, I don't even mean, take, take, I'll take those away. Kosher entertainment, something that on a regular basis. One of the things that we found in the, in, in, during, in the course of the films that we've made the past few years is that there's this thirst for real kosher entertainment. Something which, unfortunately, the secular world, you know, they don't really have them. But you have, you know, you have like these Christian, Christian, uh, some, I forgot the name of the network, but they have like religious films. They do have it. They have, which are, which are really, Kosher Christian films, which, which just sounds pretty interesting. Kosher Christian films. <laughs> kosher no, but I mean, Christian. Is, right. Yeah. You, you do have <laughs> films like that that are geared, the Hallmark, the Hallmark channel, right? Hallmark channel, kosher films. And I mean, I don't watch it or anything. I don't, I don't, I mean, I know of it. They're very, you know, they're, they're something, they're very family based films. So we really want to, we really want to broaden our horizons and have like on a weekly and a daily something which is, uh, that's what I would love to see happening. Of course, with the rabbi's permission, you know, rabbi. Oh, yeah, yeah, rabbi, with your permission, yes. Rabbi, I would not do anything without permission. I'm sorry. No, I'm doing a zoom. I'm on a zoom meeting right now. I'm just kidding. He's not here. But you didn't know that. But that's part of acting, right? That's good. That's good. You know, you know, I want to tell. I want to tell you a story about rabbis, and this is something that you know, Baruch Hashem. Somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn. Um. It was a, it was an Andrew. He, he reached out to me. He wanted to know if I'd be interested in doing voiceover slash animations for some video he was working on. And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, send me, send me the, the, the script. Or he said, you know what? Better yet, I'll show you a YouTube video that I'm working on. You get an idea of what I would want you to do. I could do some voice. I do voices as well. So I looked at it and it was very, it was very off color, very crude. I did not, I didn't, now, so I wanted to tell him in a nice way that, hey, it's not for me. But at the same time, I didn't want to come across as too preachy. You know, like I'm a religious Jew, holier than thou. I don't do that stuff, you know. Uh, look what it says over here. You know, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I'm, going to tell, I'm going to tell a non-Jew, hey, go explain to whatever it is. So I told him, I said, it. I said, I forgot his name. on I have the text somewhere. I saved the text. I said, let's say his name is Tony. I forgot. I said, I really appreciate you reached out to me. But I'm sort of what we call a family-oriented voice actor, family-oriented voiceover. He says, besides the point, he says, I'm afraid if my rabbi gets wind of me doing something like this, you know, he he'd he'd give me he'd give he'd give me the boot from the synagogue, and he has quite large boots. Mm. So he, you know, he got, I made I I I I added that element of humor to it. And to show that I'm like, yeah, not to say like, you know, like, I, you know, I respect it. It's a free world out there. There's a freedom of speech. You know, unfortunately, or for whatever is out there, there's plenty of ratings. So to make everybody happy, whatever floats their boat and they can watch and do whatever they watch, whatever they want to watch. But at the same time, you know, as a family guy and a family oriented and I have, you know, I have to, and again, as, as an Orthodox Jew, I have to be careful what comes out of my mouth. I have to be careful what I say. And, um, and in fact, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you this. When I went for voiceover lessons in Manhattan, one of the scripts that they had me read was something that was very off color. It was one of like these 
car commercials. They wanted to bring a lady. You know, that's what they always said. Somehow, somehow they they have to associate the car with the with a, with a female because other than if if not, you're not going to buy the car. I mean, whatever it is. And I, so I told certain them, types I said, of car, I, right? Yeah, not not not, not, the, get, not the Toyota Sienna. R- R- no, <laughs> not only the Toyotas. No, no, something <laughs> something Lamborghini ish. Yes, you know, Mustang ish or whatever. Um, and I told her, I said, I said, I, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to read it. And my teacher was like, she said to me, well, what do you mean? What if you hired for the job? I said, I'm not going to do something that's going to compromise my beliefs. If this is not for me, it's not for me. You know, you know, like I mentioned earlier, because I work full time, so I haven't gotten out into, into the broader world. Baruch Hashem in the from world, like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm very well known. People know where to reach me and I've done many, many a voiceover for many organizations and institutions and whatnot. You know, so, so, so I'm pretty settled with that. Am I comfortable enough to go out into the larger world at some point? Yeah. I have no, but, but I'm, I'm not there. And if I'm, if I'm comfortable where I'm at right now, you know, I have that job. I have the voiceover, the acting job. My wife, my wife still does, you know, She's a special ed educator, and, uh, you know, it's a two-family, it's a husband-wife, you know, effort. And we, you know, we're taking care of the, our finances. So where we're at right now, we're, you know, Baruch Hashem, thank God. Okay. By the way, I know that, I just want to let you know, I, I, I know that the podcast is only supposed to last an hour, but I have so much to say, if you want. We can go forever. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. And also, right. it, it, you have to, Rev also keeps me away from taking care of the chores and putting the kids to sleep, which is the reason I don't put them to sleep anyways. My wife's been doing it forever. So, but at any rate. That's great. No, we could go, we could go on and on and on. And maybe this will, if, depending on how this is received, and I think it'll be received very well, I think there, there could be a sequel in the works. A sequel. <laughs> well, we, we, we could do the second installment. Don't say the word sequel. Second installment. I got it. <laughs> okay, very good. So now I want to ask, what was the most fun you ever had on a gig? I know you have a lot of fun. Uh, I, some of these jobs, if you're talking about uh, raising money for a girl's elementary school, you know, you've got to be pretty straightforward. You're not going to have a lot of fun. But uh, right. <laughs> you have to have that, that, dramatic, that dramatic movie voice. But right. uh, yeah, can you pick the out most... a, a moment? Yeah. I mean, again, some of these ads that I've done, they themselves, they've been, they, the, the very essence of the jobs have been fun. The, the acting jobs that I've done for the advertisements, they're always, they're never, they're not very, one that comes to mind, one that comes to mind is a video we did a few months ago. Um, what was the name of the video? It's called, I forgot what it was about, but it was a, it was about being careful. Oh yeah, friends don't forward. That's the name of it. it was, I don't know if you saw the video. It's called friends. Saw, that don't was forward amazing. People. That was amazing. I want to. Sp- so, I want you to connect me to Shmuley Rosenberg, by the way. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Shmuley, right. Shmuley Rosenberg. Right. He put the video. So to tell your audience what the friends don't forward video is fascinating. What they did. They they hired a guy who was from down south, a real southern droll singer, and the concept of the song "Friends Don't Forward." Was about using your your phone where you take that. Today's a crazy world. You could take a picture, a video of somebody in a compromising position, and five seconds later, somebody five thousand miles away could see that, and your name is mud. It you know context be darned. It doesn't make a difference. You took a picture of a video of whoever that individual was, and the guy's life is ruined. 
And that was the context of the song. There were three different scenarios, like the, um, what, uh, the, that's the, that's the, that's the idea behind the song. The friends don't, for your real friend, you're not going to just forward a video that could be extremely detrimental for the individual. And there were three segments. And the segment that I acted in, it was that I was on my, my I was on, I was going for a, uh, was a job interview and my character was very klutzy. And they video, and somebody videoed it. Again, from from the actor perspective, uh, they, somebody videoed me being klutzy and dropping stuff all over the place, and then a, a bird dropping on me. They actually used we used um, soy sauce, used soy sauce to make it look like, and then the word got out. And the, before I even walked into the interview, again, this is just for the music video for Friends of Ford. Before it got to the interview, the potential boss had already seen the video, and his perception of me was that I was a klutz and like I'm not going to hire this guy. But in the interim, while we're making this video, put out by the great by Menachem Weinstein, actually was the videographer. Shmuley, Shmuley Rosenberg from Ford, New York City, it was his song. And Menachem Weinstein, who lives in Florida, who he himself is a beautiful voice. Check him out on Spotify. So he was the one that did the video. But at any rate, so we, so one of the scenes where I was carrying uh, papers, carrying papers, and it happens to be that the weather was gorgeous outside, and there was a nice breeze also, and and it was perfect. Why? Because part of what I had to do was I had to be klutzy. I was walking towards the interview holding my, um, uh, you know, Back a few papers, papers, I guess, with my resume, my resume. And then I tripped. I tripped. And then we had enough of a wind that the papers kept them blowing all over the place. It was actually funny. I had some friends that work in the building and they were watching me video. This. They watched this happen. And they posted it on their status as a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, because it was funny. Because we knew we were doing it as a music video, but they were like getting a kick out of it because I kept them tripping over my feet. That was part of my character. And the wind kept them blowing the papers throughout the parking lot, which was... That was on purpose, that, right? It was on purpose, yeah. yeah it was on course, purpose. Yeah. It was done on purpose, but it was also... That was the funny thing is that was the actual message of the music video. Okay. Uh, but that's one, you know, one thing that stands out of the many. Of the many. Okay, great. So, uh, Yaakov, I hate to cut it short. I know there's, we can go so into do I, all... So do I. We can go I into so all of the details. To, I, would so, I would so much love to meet your audience in person, and you, of course. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Now, there's so much. There's so much more to speak of. Like I could just a, a teaser. If we ever do another one, sure. There's the character acting. There's the um, there's the prank calls. You know the the, the robo calls that I know that you sometimes uh, record yourself responding to the robo calls. At least oh, that, I saw, yeah, I've done that once yeah. in a while. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's the what what you're doing with your WhatsApp status. There's so much more to speak about. Yes. Um, but we really appreciate the time you have. We have sure. to keep it uh, consumable and, and short. 100%, of course. And so, and so, Yaakov, thank you very much. If people want to find out, I imagine about you and contact you. I imagine the best way is LinkedIn. That's where. LinkedIn that's where or, you live. Uh, do I do I give my phone number here? Or, no, I no can't do you, don't, you don't. You have to give your phone number. Here. I don't want to do that. How about my social security number that I can give out? Might be might be a good idea. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yes, okay. <laughs> right, so, so any, anyone, you know, they could reach out to you, refine me on LinkedIn, and, uh, you know, let's hook as up. Ja- you know. As Jack Berger, right? Um, is that the name I go with on LinkedIn? I think so. I'm, I'm the most handsome guy in LinkedIn, so you can't miss me. Ah, uh, that one, yeah. I think that one, yes, that one. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's Jack. Yeah, I forgot already. But, Toby, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity, and I just want to give a big shout-out to the entire audience that um, Hashem should bless you with all your spiritual and material endeavors in life and keep on growing. And always remember that Hashem has got your back. God got your, God has got your back. God loves you. God will take care of you. And uh, hey, hook up with me on LinkedIn.
Thank you so much for Tobi for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. And we'll catch you later, Mr. Shem, God willing. Very good. Be well, Yaakov. Thank you. Have a great night. All the best. Thank you. You've just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast, brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe, the podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at ourtribe at podcastfellowship.org. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.